0: When does the holiday season officially begin? Is it November 1st? Is it on Black Friday? Is it December 1st? Or is it just whenever you decide to put on the Star Wars Holiday Special? No, it's definitely not that last one. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Waiting in the Sky podcast. I'm TJ Starman. I'm very excited because, in my opinion, it's officially the holiday season. Uh, We recorded this episode a couple of days after Thanksgiving, and really that's when the holiday season starts, in my opinion. I know there are people who are very passionate about the whole uh, November 1st start date. Right after Halloween, you can officially turn the page, and that's just not me. Um, I love the holiday season, but I like to keep it contained and, and keep it special that way. Um, one of those things that we do just to kind of celebrate the season is, is we like to watch, you know, TV episodes about the holidays, Christmas episodes. Um, we like to watch our favorite Christmas movies, holiday movies. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that we like to and when I say we I mean, just kind of as, as an American culture Um, we like to really throw ourselves into these types of things. Music, of course, Mariah Carey, uh, sneaks up on us every year. It seems like, and this year I wanted to use this platform as a vessel to kind of dig a little bit deeper into this idea of a holiday special from a movie franchise. Um, and this was inspired by the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, um, which released, uh, just after Thanksgiving here this past week as well. Um, so Within this episode, I am joined by the podcast audio producer, Richard, who has been on past episodes, uh, previously. And we sat down and we talked about three different holiday specials. Like I said, these are all movie franchises that have spun off into what's essentially a made for TV, um, movie centered around Christmas or another type of holiday, uh, in those three movies, uh, three movie franchises, I should say are Shrek guardians of the galaxy. And Star Wars, uh, the notorious Star Wars holiday special, was included in this as well. So great conversation, and I, I'm really excited for you all to hear. And I'm excited to see you know what thoughts you all have as well. So if you uh, have any opinions on holiday movies, holiday specials, things like that, if you're listening uh, to this on a podcast platform, please you know rate, and review the podcast, and then leave your comments um, about holiday movies in. in that comment section if you are um, watching this on youtube um, do the same please uh, like the video um, and make sure you leave a comment with whatever thoughts you want to share about the topic would love to read through all of those but uh, without further ado let's go ahead and jump into that conversation with richard all right so we have officially passed thanksgiving and at least in my book that signals w- when it's actually the holiday season i know a lot of people november 1st they're they they're cranking the mariah carey stuff and that's just not me um but we've officially passed thanksgiving at the time that this episode is going to be released it will be one week after thanksgiving so i think we're, we'll be perfectly square in the holiday season it's a perfect time to talk about holiday specials and joining me to do that is the show's audio producer and a uh, frequent guest richard how are you doing buddy
1: oh i am doing fantastic had thanksgiving recently turned 29 recently so yeah it's been a great weekend
0: yeah turning 29 is quite the thing huh i struggled with how to feel in that moment
1: (laughs) it's a gigantic pain in the ass but it has its moments
0: you know what i'm not even 29 (laughs) you're older than me i'm thinking of turning 28 i'm turning 29 in january uh And if nothing else, that mental lapse just demonstrates uh, how much I don't even pay attention to how old I am anymore. And that's probably going to increase sevenfold by the time I hit 30.
1: Yeah, I could see it.
0: (laughs) But so, yeah, a lot of fun, fun weekend, Thanksgiving, your birthday, busy one for sure. Uh, And you managed to fit something else pretty special into your weekend, huh?
1: Oh yeah, it was it was special, all right? It was a Star Wars <laughs> holiday special. The Star Wars holiday special.
0: So obviously, it, this is this whole topic is in honor of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that also released just after Thanksgiving this year. And just got me thinking about this topic, which I think is is interesting in general. Um where you kind of have this big monumental franchise that decides you know what there's this untapped market with christmas stories or christmas adjacent stories i guess in in the case of of star wars it it just it's a weird concept
1: yeah i wouldn't even call it christmas adjacent like it's just a random holiday they invent for the thing and it makes no sense whatsoever and i don't know if it did the franchise any good because i mean no one liked it like, even then, no one liked it. And George Lucas is like going out there. He's been quoted saying, if I could, I would find every copy and burn it. No one should see that. And yet here it is on Disney Plus.
0: Is, so is it actually on Disney Plus?
1: Part of it is. There's an animated segment from it that they uploaded. But as for the rest of it, I think they've buried that deep in the Disney vault where it should be.
0: OK. Yeah, because I did do a search uh, on Disney Plus, and I couldn't find it when it when I did that search initially. But that's Be probably thankful. a good thing. <laughs> I am very thankful for it. But yeah, I know. So you sat down and watched all um, what ninety minutes of the Star Wars Holiday Special, and I think it, it's it's interesting to compare that to uh, the forty five minute special that's the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then in addition to that, I also sat down and watched uh, Shrek the Halls, uh, which is the Shrek version of a holiday special. And that's only 22 minutes, a nice, crisp, lean 22 minutes. And, and just how lovely that story is.
1: Oh, good for you. I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> yourself.
0: But I think it gives us a, a sort of this, we're in this unique scenario where we can look at these different lengths of holiday specials They're all kind of within this framework of a larger, specifically a movie franchise that spun off into what's essentially like a made for TV movie or or episode somewhere in between that. Um, Because that's I mean, that's definitely the vibe that I got from both Guardians of the Galaxy and Shrek. I don't think we're going to really go into this with too much structure, but I think we can just kind of talk about. Um, these three holiday specials, what we took away from them, you know, if, if the spirit of, of the season is now residing within us, I guess, (laughs) does it sound good to you?
1: Um, yeah, if if, if, I will try to find the Christmas spirit that is buried deep down in this hollowed husk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, well, I know you didn't see the guardians special, but were you even familiar with Shrek the Halls?
1: No, I, I know Shrek exists, and I know it's a media franchise, but I did not know that they actually made a Christmas special for it. Now was it?
0: So, it, I mean, it was pretty inoffensive, is probably the best way I could describe it. it so I already mentioned it. it's about 22 minutes in runtime. Um, from what I looked at, uh, read into it, it was a ABC special. I believe it came out between the uh, second and third Shrek movies. There's 2007. I th- I think that's between those two, but I'm not entirely sure. A- and I- it follows this same kind of formula that I, I also saw in, in the Guardian special. But it's all about just, like, these characters and their relationship to Christmas. And so it's it's just kind of the fun of it is seeing Christmas exist within this universe. And I- And I gather, I-, I should also say, I've not seen the Star Wars special, but I obviously... You know it's notorious, and I've seen multiple YouTube videos. We talked about the the John Tron YouTube video uh, oh, yeah. about the holiday special. <laughs> oh, he nailed it. And that's pretty much my only exposure to it. And uh, it sounds like that's a that's a good thing. But from from that, and from my firsthand experience with these other two, it j- generally just kind of seems like we, we see these main characters that maybe don't know a whole lot about the holiday. And then they go off on this, you know, little journey, this little adventure, and along the way they learn more about whole reason for the season and and what it's all about. And you walk away uh, feeling very, I, I don't know, very Christmassy, <laughs> very season of giving, and that type of thing. And that's what we got in Shrek the Halls. Obviously, our boy Shrek, he doesn't know what Christmas is. I don't know if anyone asked that question before this, but. No, the answer is no. Shrek does not know what Christmas is. Donkey does, uh, and he introduces Shrek to the idea of Christmas. Uh, I was thrown off at first because when it starts off, it's it's summer, and uh, Shrek is like sunbathing outside of the 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 swamp house, and then Donkey just pops his head up, and he's just like, "There's 160 days until Christmas. Like, you better be good." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, so this is." This is the tone we're going with here. Uh, just it's full-blown Donkey, full-blown uh Christmas spirit sort of adventure. And it's just about, uh, about Shrek learning what Christmas is. Then he's trying to throw a, a perfect Christmas for his family by this point in the, the Shrek universe. He uh is obviously married to Fiona and they have their little ogre babies. And he's like he's not interested in Christmas at all, I would, like when Donkey brings it up. And so then he's just kind of like totally ignoring it, and then and then all of a sudden it's like the day before Christmas Eve, and then Fiona mentions something about Christmas, and so he's scattering and like trying to put Christmas together. So then... he's
1: almost, almost kind of like Scrooge in a way. Then yeah, kind of.
0: It is a little bit like that. I, I guess it's the other thing. A lot of these do have elements of uh, what, what is, a Christmas Carol um, like mixed into it. I don't. I don't think this one really does, but like kind of just that general theme, like you said. But he like they they end up having Christmas and he learns how to do it and then they invite all of the fairy tale creatures and uh, it's definitely after Shrek too because Puss in Boots is there and they're they're telling the story of Christmas Donkey tells his and then uh, a Puss in Boots tells his and I, I don't know some chaos happens Shrek gets caught on fire and then kicks everyone out. And he's like, ah, they ruined my Christmas. Get out of my swamp. You know, truck stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And Fiona gets all mad. She's like, well, how
1: how dare you get lit on fire? Exactly. No, he straight up
0: gets lit on fire. She gets mad. She's like, why did you kick out all of our friends? He's like, they were ruining my Christmas. Then (laughs) Then she's like, well, they were part of Christmas. Christmas isn't about everything being perfect. It gets crazy. And I'm like, this is someone had an agenda when they wrote this, this story. Yeah, sounds like it. Because you can have a quiet Christmas. I, in my experience, my family has loud Christmases that are busy.
1: Yeah, but does anyone ever get lit on fire? That's the no real tell.
0: No, that is not. At least you know in recent history, that has not happened <laughs> in my family Christmas.
1: And if they do get lit on fire, they better just suck it up. I'm not letting them. I'm not letting their burns ruin Christmas. No,
0: no, you don't get to. Just you don't selfish. get to kick people out for setting you on fire. That's not how it works. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's basically Shrek the Halls. So he obviously goes, and they find all of their friends, and they bring them back, and it's the Christmas spirit, and then uh, they they finish reading uh, the night before Christmas to the Shrek babies and the mutant donkey dragon babies and uh it's like it's super cringy shrek humor because he's like just changing adjectives to like stinky and gross (laughs) it's like Mm if if shrek just spilled out a christmas mad lib that's this uh this story of of christmas that they're talking about at the end
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds like pretty standard stuff honestly yeah yeah and then then let me guess then the real santa shows up yes (laughs)
0: yes <laughs> yes as a matter of fact it. yeah no and he turns uh he turns the moon he gives the moon shrek years and they uh they wrap it up but i'm pretty sure that would mess with the tides and like cause the apocalypse and stuff yeah
1: so. uh he just completely screwed the planet great job <laughs> merry christmas thanks santa <laughs> so that yeah that's shrek the halls
0: it's a pretty fun one it 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 was super short like i said 22 minutes so even if it was not like good and i don't think that was it was necessarily bad it was very just plain and kind of generic um but like i wasn't mad or upset that i had just been exposed to this but i imagine you you feel differently about about your experience
1: oh i don't even know where to begin i mean if i was to if i if i was to come at you blind and tell you that I knew of a holiday special that had B. Arthur, a grandpa wearing a VR headset watching space porn, and an assembly guide for some random space computer. Your first thought would not be the Star Wars Holiday Special, but all of those things are in there. Those are all real things that are contained within the Star Wars Holiday Special, and it makes no sense at all. And just to start, there's no Christmas in this far-off galaxy. Instead, it's this the Wookiee thing called the Life Day, which... They don't even go into detail about it. It's just called life day. <laughs> and uh, it starts off with uh, Han Solo and Chewie. They're out running the bad guys. And Han Solo just goes, don't worry, buddy. We'll have you home before they see, before they even know it's life day. And everyone just goes, what the hell is life day? And then no no explanation. They just cut right to the opening credits. And then all of a sudden, you're at Chewbacca's house on this other plant. Oh. Oh, I, I completely forgot. They introduce Chewbacca's family that was never right. ever seen again. God, I can't even remember their names. I think his wife's name was like Nala. Oh no, it was Amala. And then uh his son's name is Lumpy and his dad's name is Itchy. And those were their <laughs> those were their and um I just want to mention this is all canon. This all fits into the Star Wars continuity. It is not its own individual thing. This is officially Canon, as specified by Lucasfilm and Disney. So, so this is all real,
0: so when we see when we first meet Chewbacca in the cinematic timeline uh, in solo, when he's chained up and and forced to, you know, hang out in the mud or whatever he was doing in that movie, he had just been ripped away from his family. Uh, uh you know his dad his apparently pervy dad and his wife and
1: his kids itchy and scratchy or whatever <laughs> yeah basically when he got home it was probably something the lines like dad you're finally back from the store but where's the milk and it's like <laughs> oh um don't worry about that right now um happy life day <laughs> it, it, it gets even worse that's the crappy part so they introduced chewbacca's family and. Uh, For some brilliant, unknown reason, George Lucas decided that for the first 10 minutes of this thing, it should just be Wookiees talking to each other with no subtitles. And it is. You don't understand a single word that they're saying. They're all just kind of grunting at each other, and they don't even sound good doing it. And the kid's the worst, because whenever he talks, he doesn't sound like a normal Chewbacca. Instead, the noise he makes is somewhere closer to every single time. And it sucks so hard because this goes on for nearly 10 minutes until finally Wookiee grandpa goes, that's it. I'm sick of this shit. I'm putting on this weird helmet that I have. And he does. And it's, I don't know what it is, but it like starts off with like this lady who's got like this weird glittery hair. And she goes, I am your fantasy. I am your pleasure. And then goes into a musical number. And it's just like, what, <laughs> what the fuck does this dude have loaded up on this thing? Because it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And then out of nowhere, it like cuts back to a uh, back to Chewie's wife, who like calls up Luke Skywalker, who got a really bad haircut for this thing, and Luke's just like, oh hey, have you guys seen Chewie yet? Oh, that's weird. He should have been home by now. And then for no reason whatsoever, R2D2 just like blows up the thing that he's working on to make him get off the phone. So that happens. <laughs> and then uh while that's going on, um his wife is just like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to go watch this cooking video now." And she does. And it's just like 5 minutes worth of how to cook this fictional beast. And it's this thing that has four arms. And none of it's funny like none of it is endearing in any kind of way they got like all these people who were popular at the time like some guy named harvey corman i have absolutely no idea who harvey corman is but apparently he was good enough to be this four-armed alien in the star wars holiday special and then for some reason it cuts to like this weird outpost where some stormtroopers are buying some stuff and the guy who's selling it to them is like trying to be Rodney Dangerfield about it, but just isn't good at it at all. Oh God, I don't even know. I'm losing my train of thought over here. It's uh, the Star Wars holiday special so random that all this stuff just kind of happens and they just kind of throw it all at you. And so it's easy to get lost in it. Okay, so what ends up happening next is uh, the stormtroopers decide to go to Chewie's family's house and they're just like, hey, have you guys seen Chewie? And they're like, no. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to search your stuff anyways, so uh, just let us in. And as they're looking around, the kid like turns on this music video box, and then all of a sudden Jefferson Starship is there, and they play a musical number. <laughs> and then, yeah, and the guy just like sits there and watches it for the full five minutes. He's like, huh, that was pretty great. And then he immediately gets up, goes up to the kid's room and destroys all of his toys. And then it's like, "Uh, that'll keep you busy for a while, you little shit. And then it cuts to the kid who's like crying over all of his broken toys. And then that's when they decide to take the commercial break. And it was it was so. <laughs> so you just have to strange. live with that. Viewer. Yeah, and like no, the the final shot was like he had this like weird horse thing, and they like ripped the head off of it. And the final shot is like he takes it and he like tucks it into bed and gives a little kiss. And he like starts crying. That's the cutoff. That's like that's where they leave it. That's where they go to commercial. So it's like <laughs> yeah, the spirit of life day is really flowing through this house. Oh, it's it's just so screwed up. And then. After it comes back, it starts up this, like, actually pretty well animated sequence where we actually get the introduction of Boba Fett. This is actually the first piece of Star Wars media where we see the character of Boba Fett. And uh, it basically goes into detail about how he was, like, in contact with Darth Vader and he was, like, trying to kidnap Luke and deliver him to Darth Vader. It was, like, a little side story, but it wasn't too bad. But after that, then it randomly cuts to the kid again, and he watches this uh, video about how to like put together this piece of machinery he bought, and it's not even funny. It's like him watching an instruction manual. They decided that was good enough to leave in there. But I guess the purpose for him building that thing was so that he could basically fake a transmission from someone else to get all of the Imperial dudes out of this house. Because apparently, this kid is that smart. So he magically does this, and they start to leave. And one of them is like, Wait a minute, something's wrong here. So, how does this special end? Han and Chewie arrive, they kill the stormtrooper, they throw away the body, they lie to the police, and then they go have their Life Day celebration. That is, that is real. That is how this ends. I even have it typed up in my notes here as kill a cop, throw away the body, lie to the police, and go to the space cult meeting, because that's exactly how it <laughs> ends. That's exactly how the special ends. And then there's another musical number with Princess Leia. Right before that, there's a musical number with B. Arthur, who for some reason owns the bar back on Tatooine. And none of it makes any sense. It's all just thrown in there. And I hate it. I hate all of it so much. It's not good in any way, shape, or form. There needs to be support groups for people who have sat down and watched this, because you're never the same afterwards.
0: Yeah, this definitely... I I mean, at no point in your (laughs) telling of this story did I ever even, even get close to being like, hey... That, that that sounded kind of interesting. Maybe I should check that part out.
1: <laughs> no, the, the, the entirety of what I read sounds like a, band, a bad fan fiction, but it's real. George yeah, Lucas wrote this, and he thought it would be okay. So he did write it. He wrote it himself. Yeah, he wrote parts. Um, actually, let me double check real quick, because I want to make sure that I'm getting it right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have just riots and riots oh no actually george lucas did not write this someone else did it was like a team of five writers and bruce valanche is one of them i don't know who bruce valanche is i just know he's on that (laughs) list the only thing i know that he had input in is when he said all the Wookiees should talk and there should be no subtitles one of the writers said well maybe we should put subtitles and george lucas said no we're gonna leave it the way it is so the first 10 minutes, that's on George. That's his fault. You just have to use context
0: clues, and you'll figure out what they're saying.
1: No, none <laughs> of it makes any sense. They're all just grunting at each other. The only part that actually makes sense is like the kids flying around a, a toy airplane making noise, and then the Wookie Grandpa starts screaming at him. That's the only <laughs> part that makes sense. It's the only part I like, because it's just the one part where someone tells that kid to shut up. Because he has the most annoying Wookiee voice out of any Wookiee that has ever been in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, if that's not the Christmas spirit,
1: I don't know what is. (laughs) No, the Life Day spirit. Uh, Yes, yes, the Life Day.
0: Which apparently it is specifically um, a Wookiee tradition on, on the planet of Kashyyyk. And it's not extended throughout the galaxy, I guess. But... I don't know. That's it is interesting that this was, it, 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 like you said, if if this is all canon, like that's crazy <laughs> that they still let that stuff be canon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate it all very much. And They're uh, like, let,
0: let's get rid of like all of these legend stories with like the Skywalker twins and or the Solo twins. Um, but hey, no, let's keep let's keep this Christmas special holiday special life
1: life day (laughs) yeah i don't know the only thing i can chalk it up to is there was a lot of cocaine in the 70s i'm just (laughs) imagining all the people who made this were just stoned off their ass and had no idea what they were putting together because it was if it's bad enough to make george lucas want to track down every copy and destroy it it's bad
0: yeah Yeah, no, I I would imagine it's probably some combination of that and uh, probably money as well. And just selling out for the sake of selling out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably it. So is there is there any
0: person that you might recommend this to?
1: Hitler, maybe (laughs) he can enjoy it all he wants. Maybe my worst (laughs) enemy. I don't know. Your worst enemy. I would reserve. I would reserve this for death row prisoners, so they can watch it, and they'll just be like, "Okay, I'm ready now. I have nothing else to live for. I'm good to go."
0: <laughs> to help them find acceptance. <laughs> yeah,
1: honestly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. That's so going
0: totally. Not that it was ever on a list of mine, but it's gonna be crossed off that theoretical list of things to watch.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know that movie, The Ring. If you watch it, you die in seven days. This is the videotape from The Ring. This this is the real videotape. This is the one that they had to take out of the theatrical release because if everyone did see that in the theatrical release, they actually would be dead in seven days, either from boredom or just sheer bad luck because this thing sucks that much. Yeah,
0: this, I mean, it obviously has the reputation that it has for a reason. And, I mean, you just basically confirmed everything we've ever heard about it and just how awful it really is.
1: Oh, it's bad. I can't. I cannot stress it enough. It's just terrible.
0: So we'll, you know, we'll we'll look into some treatment for you to try and get you get you back to normal.
1: <laughs> yeah, please.
0: I need it. <laughs> so, um, we'll shift gears here. Then the the Guardians holiday special. Um, do you have plans to watch it at all,
1: Richard? Um not really i mean i didn't know it was a thing until a few weeks ago and i think it's like cool that they're doing it i just i just don't really see a purpose i'm not that invested into guardians of the galaxy really yeah
0: and and i'll say from what i've heard about it this was um like just an idea that they had on set for i think when they got on set for guardians volume two that it was like one of the first things they they started having conversations about was like oh man we need to do like, a Christmas special with, with this cast, um, which is kind of, like, fun, that this is just this outlandish sort of thing that um hmm. James Gunn just, like... W- one thing I like about James Gunn is, is how endearing he is to his cast and uh, the people that he works with. So, I mean, that's just a product. Th- this is just a product of that, of those relationships and everyone having fun together and, like, That you you could get people to just come back and you know film this forty five minute special and like it's very much I'm gonna get into I'm gonna get into spoilers then if you don't mind no go for it so if you're listening you don't want spoilers go ahead check out here and then come back afterwards you go watch it forty five minutes we'll wait here but yeah so it's basically centered around um, Mantis and Drax it's not like you see the whole the whole Guardians crew, and you're with them the entire time because not only do you have very like in-demand actors. I mean, you got uh, you know Chris Pratt. He's who, when he's not busy stomping Koopas, uh, is is starring in every generic action movie ever now. Batista. I mean, he was he was in Glass Onion. I, mean, I know that he's working in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Karen Gillen is doing a lot of things now. So like a lot of that, those casts are doing a lot of things. And it's very obvious that they just kind of like fit people in where they could because Chris Pratt is in it. Um, he has got maybe like a total of eight minutes of screen time or something like that. Um, you know, Bradley Cooper doing the voiceover for Rocket, it's 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 there, but not a whole lot of it. And and the visual effects stuff. So like Rocket, who's entirely a visual effect it is is not there very often. Um, Groot is is older now from when we saw him in uh endgame, I guess, would have been the last time. But he looks more like the have you seen the like the Disneyland version of Groot? No, I haven't. So he just looks like a little like bulkier, like blockier, I guess. And whereas like the first version of Groot, who was an adult, was like really tall and kind of stretched out. And so, I guess, in theory, this could be like a a, a form, like intermediate form that's getting there. But I think th- I, I mean, I'd have to look at it again, but I'm pretty sure it was just like someone in a suit this time that they didn't do like um, a CGI group. But you can tell like they were very sparing with the 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 effects and with the 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 actors, a lot of them besides uh, Mantis and Drax. But, It does follow the same sort of pattern um and it's not like very heavy like lore or anything there is one piece of mcu like lore that kind of means anything at all i guess um and that is apparently that this apparently this was a theory a lot of people had that i didn't even think about but mantis who was introduced in guardians of the galaxy volume 2 she was always with Ego, who is um, uh, Star Lord's dad. Um, mm-hmm. She was always with him and like helped him and calmed him down and stuff. Um, apparently, uh, he is her father, and so by extension, she's actually Star Lord's sister. And oh. so that's that's the big like actual reveal here um, for anyone who is keeping up with the stakes of of the MCU at this point. Which I don't think is gonna be like a major plot line or anything like that. So I don't think it's like a big deal, but it is kind of a fun little snippet that they just decided to slid in slide in there, I guess.
1: I mean nothing says Christmas movie like meeting a long lost sibling.
0: Yep. Yep. Or just discovering that you have are you already know your long lost sibling.
1: Yeah, true.
0: So that's that's the only like significance I think that that's really there. But the whole basis of this is that they're trying to. Uh, Star Lord said because Gamora ran away because she lost her memories, or or it's past Gamora that exists. Now I'm getting all super mar- Marvel lore right now. <laughs> but present day Gamora died. She's she's sacrificed or she was killed by Thanos so that he could get the. Um, Infinity Stones, and she came back, but it's the past version of her before she met the Guardians and they went on their adventure. So she doesn't have any kind of like connection to them. And so she didn't hang out with them, like she ran off. And they were in love, Star Lord and Gamora. So he is very sad about this. And so that's the whole setup is that he's very sad. They know that it's Christmas time on Earth from a story that, um, like Kraglin was telling them um, about how when Peter was a kid, shortly after he got abducted um, by Yondu, how they, they were trying to celebrate Christmas together, and it was like a bad Christmas. And so he's, in, I mean, he's been in space. He's never had a Christmas since then. And so Mantis, uh, who reveals to the audience that she is Star Lord's sister, um, recruits Drax to go. Try and get a great Christmas present for Star Lord, um, to make his Christmas special. So very, very formulaic, obviously. Oh, so and it's like
1: a, so it's like a weird Mantis Drax side story, kind of. Yeah. Oh, which which is, is kind of that fun because it sound too bad. It's very like
0: like um like a uh, one shot comic uh, mm. feel to it with with a team up like that. And the whole thing that they're doing is is they're trying to make Christmas special, but they're trying to do that by getting Kevin Bacon and, and giving him to Peter as a gift, as a Christmas where, present. Where
1: where where does Kevin Bacon fit into this? I feel like I'm missing some context there.
0: So it you are, but it's it's literally like two lines that they, they've built this from. Um because in the first Guardians movie, they talk about uh, kevin bacon being the hero of footloose like Starlord, watched that movie as a kid oh, and, and like oh, thought yeah, that Kevin bacon was a was a badass and then he, he saves the galaxy by dancing um the way that kevin bacon saved the town by dancing <laughs> and so they they had this running gag because i think they made another comment um it may have been in like infinity war about kevin bacon being a hero or something um I think it was an infinity war. Cause I think Spider-Man was talking about being in the Avengers and that they're heroes. And they're like,
1: yeah, it was when they were on Titan and they were all talking to each other.
0: Yeah. So that's where it comes from. And they're like, Oh, we need to get this legendary hero, Kevin Bacon. Like that'll make his Christmas great. And so they go down to earth and it's all about them. Like having, you know, just being totally naive and, and Drax being his like super hyper liberal self. Uh, not liberal, literal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, like Kevin Bacon is not just like cool with being brought up into space. And so they they hypnotize him uh, with her powers to make him feel like he wants to do that. And then they go with him. Um, And then this whole time, they think he's like this hero. And there's a scene where they're sitting uh, in the spaceship now on their way back to nowhere. Which is where they're they're like headquartered. Apparently, they're running nowhere now. Oh, and um, they they're just talking to Kevin Bacon about like his heroic pursuits, and then he like reveals that oh, I was just playing a part in that. And so they talked about Footloose, and they talked about uh, oh, man, I forget what the other movie is. But then it, there's this funny thing that they have where they like they hate actors. It's just very much like a in-joke for the cast and crew. They're like, ah, oh, I mm-hmm. ha- hate this guy. He's an actor. Actors suck. <laughs> uh, and so then, yeah, they bring him back to nowhere. They show him to Peter and they start decorating the place and then he tries to run off because they, uh, Peter's like, you just abducted Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you need to, like, give him his mind back. And they do that and he tries to run off and then they they catch him and they explain what's going on. And then uh, Kevin Bacon sings a a uh, completely new original uh, Christmas song, uh, and they light up the place with with Christmas lights, and it's a you know happy ending for everyone. And, and Cosmo is there is the dog uh, with the spacesuit and uh, has a little translator device. So it's this cute dog that's like barking and doing dog stuff, and then it's like, "Hello, I love you, <laughs> Merry Christmas." <laughs>
1: That sounds so much better than the Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: That's like, honestly, the,
1: that's like the antithesis to the Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, so it's very like harmless and, and it's not like super lore heavy, like I said. So it's, it's really, fu- it's fun. And there's a lot of dumb jokes, but like, if you like Guardians humor, it's pretty consistent with that type of stuff. It's probably a little bit dumber, um because they really had nothing to lose with this. (laughs) And so they maybe let loose a little bit more. But I Oh, they cut loose,
1: loose, (laughs) footloose, put on their Christmas shoes. They sure did. They sure did.
0: And I I mean, this is one, especially because it's pretty short, and it's pretty easy to just watch like that. I imagine this one's going to end up in my rotation uh, around this time every year.
1: I mean, yeah, everything you said about it did not sound bad. I mean, Kevin Bacon caught me very much off guard, but after explaining it, it makes sense.
0: Well, there's also like uh, some questions, I guess, about you know establishing Kevin Bacon as an actor within the MCU, like within that continuity, because he starred in X Men movies, or that the one X Men movie that that creates this weird sort of loophole, which oh, they didn't yeah, reference that true. at all. But it is kind of a funny thing. But, um he's on the phone with with kira sedgwick like his wife (laughs) and she wasn't on screen but like she's on the phone which is kind of a funny thing like obviously he's going to be talking to his family (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh no sosie bacon interestingly enough she was probably filming smile or something i don't know
1: i don't know who that is
0: that's his daughter she she's uh she was in smile. I, I haven't seen Smile yet, but I just know that she that's the most recent thing and probably the biggest thing she's been in. But that's that's the holiday specials that we we got to enjoy. Well, we'll put quotes around enjoy for
1: your sake, Richard. Yeah, you should. You really should. It's
0: uh have you been soured on this concept or is is there something like is there some franchise you could see this working for? Give me
1: a Super Mario Brothers holiday special and maybe I'll come out of my holiday depression. But for now, the Christmas (laughs) holiday is dead to me.
0: Fair enough. I I have that. I feel like that would definitely work. That could be fun. It's hard to think of like other universes that I think could could really pull this off because it just seems like such an outlandish. Like I would have never said like uh, the Guardians could totally do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm not going to say that there's like a lot of holiday specials out there, but there's certainly like shows that will like have an episode that's like dedicated to Christmas or something like that. So, I mean, Mm. I'm sure that there's other shows that have done it super well, but in Star Wars case, they just like... They just, like, made up a... Ho- it's it's pointless. It's completely and utterly pointless. They were just cashing in on Star Wars because it was the hot thing at the time, and they just decided to make up some BS Wookiee holiday for them to just, like, go with in the holiday special because there's no Christmas in a galaxy far, far away. There's no Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yom Kippur, Passover, whatever the hell. None of that exists there. So... How can they expect an audience to identify with this random Wookiee holiday that they just invent for the sake of creating a holiday special? It makes no sense.
0: Yeah, no, and it's interesting, too, because I think that the important distinction with these is is these are movie franchises that are doing a Christmas or holiday special, as opposed to, like, TV shows that will do, like, a Christmas episode or, like sometimes they'll do like an extra long episode special or like a two-part holiday special, something like that, where like those feel a lot more natural um, within the continuity of like a, a TV show that is typically, they're typically more based in reality versus like big franchises. I mean, these three, for example, are all just like totally outlandish. And so the idea of Christmas or a holiday. Like, like Christmas or life day, whatever it's trying to be, it just seems so strange, juxtaposed to everything else within these universes. And so it's like kind of a I think that's part of the um the appeal of these things that you just get kind of this weird enjoyment out of seeing um, these two things that don't seem like they should belong, but they are interacting and, and they're connected. I certainly feel the christmas spirit and and um the best way to spread christmas cheer is is singing loud for all to hear. And so together we are going to be singing everyone a song. Ready Richard? Uh 1 2
1: I, you better s- you, you better just stop right there. This is a different <laughs>
0: contract. Yeah, okay. So we'll we'll save everyone from from that from listening to myself. I won't I won't speak to your abilities, Richard, but for my for my own, we'll save everyone. From that. But yeah, thank you for, for joining me for this topic and for subjecting yourself to. I, I will clarify I did not say, hey, Richard, watch the Star Wars holiday special. You you offered, and I was just like passively supportive.
1: <laughs> that is my Christmas gift to you is thank making you. sure thank you, you don't have to experience <laughs> that.
0: I certainly reap the benefits of, of you watching it without any of the pain.
1: <laughs> so much pain.
0: But thank you for, for going through that for subjecting yourself to such torture um and, and for talking through these with me. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely hear from you some more in, in upcoming episodes. Well I'm always looking to find a, a spot to to have Richard join me. And uh if, if you if you loved hearing his voice, um he's sprinkled all throughout past seasons of the show. So go go back and listen to all of that stuff. <laughs> any last thoughts richard
1: um no i'd prefer to never think of this ever again
0: <laughs> well i think we will 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 let that happen i support you in that and i will not bring it up that that's my promise to you
1: uh, so there really is a christmas after all
0: so yeah i wasn't really expecting a you know, torture and uh, quite the dour response to uh, just the topic of holiday specials in general. I guess when you break it down a little bit more and you really understand that the Star Wars holiday special was a part of the conversation, it's really hard to blame uh, Richard for bringing the conversation that way. From what he described, just sounds awful. So I, I, I told him if I even have a sense of morbid curiosity to watch that holiday special, uh, it's completely gone now uh, I'm just gonna find a video to watch on YouTube and we'll call it good I'm not gonna watch that whole thing um, or really any of that in its original format no not at all uh, the other ones they're harmless enough I enjoyed them so you know give them give them a watch and, and let me know what you think uh, but don't think that anyone's gonna necessarily feel quite as harshly as Richard feels about the star Wars holiday special about either the guardians or the Shrek, um, holiday specials there. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm very excited about not only the holiday season, but for uh, what's to come for waiting in the sky. We have a Pokemon challenge that is going to be debuting this weekend. Um, That is going to be the Pokemon X bug type only run at long last. I pushed this back a couple of times, got a little bit busy around the holiday season, um, but it's officially going to be launching uh, this weekend uh, after the release of this episode. So if you are a fan of the Pokemon challenges over on YouTube, go check that out. Uh, It was a lot of fun to make, and I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, of course, the next episode of the podcast is going to be episode 307. And that is a deep dive into the National Treasure franchise. Uh, So there's obviously two movies currently in existence, uh, National Treasure and National Treasure Book of Secrets. But uh, there is also going to be a National Treasure TV series debuting on Disney Plus uh, right around the time of that episode's release. Uh, So that is going to be uh, National Treasure Edge of History on Disney Plus. And for that, I was joined by uh, Daryl, who is the host of the Cage Rage podcast, uh, which literally details every single Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, So first off, definitely go check out his podcast and uh, find your favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Listen to those episodes as a good starting point and then dive into all of them because there are literally 100 episodes covering every single Nicolas Cage project. Uh, I should say movie specifically, um, but perfect expert to bring onto that conversation. That's a great episode that I hope you are all looking forward to in a couple of weeks, uh, as I'm very excited to have everyone check that out as well, but that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of waiting in the sky. Thank you all so much for being here and for listening and I hope you'll stick around for more.